Welcome to the heart of the Big Bend. It's time to kick back, put your feet up, grab your favorite beverage or snack as we discuss, declare, proclaim, publicize, and articulate about the wonders, magic, beauty, music, and happenings here in the area known as the Big Bend of Texas. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us again for Heart of the Big Bend. This is a podcast and radio show coming to you every other week about visiting the beautiful Big Bend of Texas. Specifically, we will cover what's happening in Alpine, an incredibly friendly small town nestled in a desert mountain valley at the heart of the Big Bend region. With easy day trips from Alpine, you can take in everything this amazing region has to offer. I'm Chris Ruggia, Director of Tourism for the City of Alpine, and today I am joined by Heather Yaden from the Alpine Visitor Center. Hello. Hey, it's been a little while. It Welcome has. back, Heather. Thanks. And our special guest today is Lisa Gordon, Director of the Chihuahuan Desert Nature Center. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. So we wanted to let people know about visiting the Nature Center. Uh, it's probably... It's like the most extensive nature experience that's closest to Alpine, I would say, uh, for Alpine's visitors. You know, we can have a hike up Hancock Hill behind Sol Ross. You get out, you get to see some nice landscapes, but you go to the nature center, you're going to get a lot more immersive nature experience and a lot of interpretation as well. So how would you describe the nature center in general? Okay, the nature center is on 507 acres of land. And there's actually two parts to it. One side is the nature center, and that's the rugged natural side. Yeah. It has hiking trails. And then we also have the botanical gardens. That's our curated side that has native plants. Yeah. And so uh, when I go there, I usually go to the hiking side. I've been through the botanical garden. But, uh, for example, I guess I'll say my my favorite go-to is Modesta that's Canyon. That's what he was going to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, every time. <laughs> that's that's where we go. But I will let people know, though, that uh, that's a it's a challenging hike. If you have any uh, mobility issues, any balance problems, I wouldn't recommend it because the steps down get a little bit steep. But it's a beautiful hike, especially in the warmer parts of the year. We can get down uh, get down in the shade some water down at the bottom of the canyon. Well, mm-hmm. when we go when when I go to the nature center, I go to the other side because I'm not a big or great hiker. So, <laughs> I do more of the um the cactus uh greenhouse and the botanical gardens part of it. So, I definitely have not done the big hikes that Chris nice. has done. Um, but uh, another thing that a lot of people really enjoy is all the bird blinds, mm-hmm. correct? So, mm-hmm. can you talk tell us about like what kind of birds they can only see there <laughs> well we have we have grassland birds and so a lot of birders come and they're very surprised that we have such a variety of birds in the region because the state park has mountain davis mountain type birds we have the grassland down lower so um you know we have cactus wren mm-hmm. lots of sparrows 
Uh, we have a beautifully uh, done bird guide for the area, too, that gives people a checklist to take out there mm-hmm. with them. And I know you guys have one at your visitor center as well. Right. Um, the one we have covers the whole region where yours is specific to the nature center. But mm-hmm. if they get both of those, you know, they can keep track as they go through. And um, again, I, I don't know a lot about birds, but I know that everybody wants to go to the nature center that's, that comes here that's into birds. They do. And also at our bird blind, we have a 30 foot long water feature. Um, the birds love it. We have um, later in the afternoon and the evenings, we have all the wildlife that comes up. And then they help themselves to the water also. So we've got some great photographs. Oh, yeah, I uh, bet. The raccoons and foxes and javelinas coming up <laughs> for a drink at the bird blind. Yeah, well, uh, when, when, when you come and look at, a, at, at birds and you don't already know what you're expecting to see, um, that, you know, that interpretation piece like you talked about, yes. those... Uh, the handouts are really handy, but also in the botanical garden portion, you have a handout as well. But even just walking around, you've got that interpretation. You've got the signs telling you what, what we plants do. you're looking Yeah. We, well, first of all, in the bird blind, we do have uh, photographs. A really great photographer named Carol DeQuilio. Uh, she's shared, amazing. She's amazing, <laughs> isn't she? She shared her photographs of birds. And did collages for us. And we've got the walls covered inside oh, the bird excellent. blind. And we re- we printed those this year um, on metal. And so uh, Joe Esparza did those for us at Alpine Printing. <laughs> Give a plug for him. Yeah. And uh, so the inside, you can see what birds, you know, you might see at excellent. the bird blind. We do have the brochures that you mentioned about the botanical garden, also for all the hiking trails. And uh, everything in the garden is labeled as you go through. Which is what I always tell visitors. They'll come ask me, we saw this cactus. What is it? And I'm like, I have no idea (laughs) because I don't know all the names. And that's why I like going out there because Mm -hmm. you you know what you're looking at. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they go um, into Big Bend. They go into Big Bend State Ranch Park. They go all these places and they take pictures and they don't know what they've got. Mm -hmm. And they can find out what they've got. (laughs) Yes, they can. And uh, yeah, one thing that's, I think, incredibly unique about the garden is that everything inside there is native to the Mm Trans-Pecos region. That's not very common in a botanical garden that they just feature their native plants. A lot of times they feature exotics or just pretty. And we've got pretty and native. Yeah, Uh, one thing that's kind of dramatic as you approach the, uh, as you approach the botanical garden is that fencing around mm-hmm. it because this is a large space that is then protected from browsing yes. by <laughs> deer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 18 acres yeah. that's covered, you know, uh, protected. So, and that's to keep the deer and the odd dead yeah. and the elk. Sometimes we have right? elk that wander up there, keep them out of there because it would be like going to Luby's cafeteria <laughs> if they just went down the line, so right? take one of these and one of those and let me get a couple more of those others. So. Yeah, and, and there really is an extensive, not, I mean, it's not comprehensive. You can't have every single plant from the area, but most of the large ones really are well represented. So the when you come out, when folks come out here and they're not used to desert plants, and they, what's that? That one, they'll think everything's a cactus that's that's going to mm-hmm. poke you, which mm-hmm. isn't isn't true mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that those handouts can let you know but there's yuccas there's ocotillos there's all kinds of shrubs and they're very well represented they they are and 
the way the garden is set up and not very, I try to tell everyone I see how it's set up so they understand it. It's laid out so that when you first walk in, it's as if you're at lower elevation, maybe 3,000 feet. And uh, so you get the deserty plants with the prickly pear and the ocotillo, and there's actually a creosote bush there. But then as you wander through, it's as if the elevation increases. And so then you get to the woody shrubs and trees, lots of oak trees in that section. And then at the very top, it's as if you're at the 6,000-foot level, and there's the little alpine section with the pine forest. <laughs> and then you come back around, and that's a half-a-mile loop. Uh, so there's a lot inside there. We've got some really gorgeous plants. We have a Hinkley oak, which mm -hmm. is endangered. It's um, very rare. Yes. And, uh, a little one. It's a little, a little one. It's not real yeah. showy. No, it just sits <laughs> off over there. But it's, it is quite rare. And then uh, that covers a lot of the larger plants. But then the pollinator garden has a, a lot of the smaller flowering, uh, per, mostly perennials. I'm thinking. Uh, mostly, but no, yeah, we've <laughs> been uh, we've been working on that for the past couple of years. Yeah. The pollinator garden was started. It was one of the early parts of the botanical garden, and it's built into the uh, volcanic rock outcropping over there. So what's really cool is that the planter beds are built into that rock yeah, and around, beautiful. and it utilizes the the land shape um, to do the planter beds. And so this year we've added to that and we have new beds coming out towards you as you walk up to it, just to make that look so much prettier. And last year we put in new signage. It talks about native pollinators and how they uh, work together with native plants. Yeah. And we've added hundreds of plants out there oh, this wow. year. We've got to get back it's out beautiful. there, not go down the canyon this time. No, no, you need to come see it. The scarlet, there's things like scarlet bavardia that grow uh -huh. just almost out of the rocks. And they're blooming right now. The bee brush is blooming. Yeah. There's uh, morning glories that are just intertwined with everything else over there. It's really gorgeous. It really is. And, and when you go up into the into the pollinator garden, you're, like you say, the beds are really built into the rock, the native rock, and you're walking through this kind of almost a sculpture garden mm -hmm. of, of, of huge igneous, I'm thinking, rocks from that, that outcropping that you're sort of mm -hmm. walking up. It's really striking. Yes. Yeah. It, and, go ahead. And one other thing that, uh, as I cast my mind around mm -hmm. the landscape of the walks there uh, that I think of are the guzzlers. There's the, these water catchments things that uh that water the wildlife mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh and so, so you rainwater harvesting yeah so at, at yeah. one point along the trail you'll see these little little containers of water that are supplied by this rainwater right we we have new signage that we're working <laughs> oh, on right, right now and it's in production well, you know, last last spring we put in a new little introduction area new trail to Modesta Canyon and so we're creating new signage for that and one of them is going to explain the guzzler. Yeah. And so the guzzler, for anybody walking up to it, it, it looks like a big metal barrel and an upside-down umbrella kind <laughs> of shape. And it gathers the water, which then travels down a very long pipe to a little basin area. And we've got several pictures of wildlife that come in yeah, at night to get a really drink. Sweet. Yeah. It's a very unassuming endpoint. You know, mm -hmm. it's a small little metal box with yes. water in it. 
I imagine now it's overflowing. It's overflowing. <laughs> yes. We are having our rainy season right now yeah. for visitors to understand. And things are greener than they've been in years. Yes. I mean, I don't even know what we can say. What, four or five years since it's been this green? Yeah, so anybody not in town listening to this as it shows up in the podcast feed, make your plans to visit in the next two, three weeks, I would uh, say, because you will get a view like this nothing landscape. else. Yeah, yes. you have not seen Never seen, yeah. People who have come in in the last couple of weeks to the visitor center are shocked by how green it is. They're like, yeah. we thought we were coming to the desert. I'm like, it is the desert. Mm-hmm. This is our rainy it's season. The and we're just, Chihuahuan yeah, desert. Yeah, we're, yes. we're just glad that we get this rain this year because, man, you got f- over four inches the other day. And I mean, yes. everybody's <laughs> got so much rain. So, yeah, and mm-hmm. come out now and you'll see something you've never seen yeah, before. Yeah, it is well, beautiful. And yes. it, since it's the Chihuahuan Desert Nature Center, that's one of the characteristics unlike many of the other deserts in the world, I think this is one of the most uh, biologically diverse and and actually vegetated mm-hmm. uh, deserts. It's, it is one of the three most biologically diverse deserts in the world. Wow. The other two, one is in South Africa and the other is in Australia. I don't have that name right now. <laughs> those. Wow. And yeah, it's... The largest desert in the western, most biologically diverse desert in the western hemisphere. So, um, so when we're coming from Alpine mm-hmm. to get to the Chihuahuan Desert Nature mm-hmm. Center, just to let people know, you're going to head on the Fort Davis Highway. You're headed towards Fort Davis, and I'd say you're four fifths of the way there, give or take. Uh, you That's just, an interesting way. Yeah, you're just coming out <laughs> like of a... Like 25 minutes. go through a little mountain pass. <laughs> it's about you're, 21 miles away. There you go. Maybe 20. You're, headed, you're heading up a hill. you got some tight little curves. Mm-hmm. And then just as you come out and the landscape opens, look They're out right on your right. Yeah. There's a sign. Slow for, down. Cause that's what I tell everyone. It's right after turn. the big curve. Yeah. 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 And so, so what are the hours these days? We're open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. And is there a fee, an entrance fee? The Yes. Adults are $6.50 each. Children 12 and under are free. Dogs are welcome on a leash. Actually, any kind of pet on a leash is welcome. Right. We've had two raccoons come before. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, also a, a couple of cats on leashes have come to visit us. So, yeah, as long as they're on a leash, they're fine. They're welcome. That's good for people to know because... There's not a lot of pet-friendly parks and stuff here, so that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and definitely plan to spend a little time in the gift shop. It's it's small, but very well curated. Thank you. We we work hard to have local artists and craftspeople, craftsmen, to uh, represent their work there. Yeah, and you'll want to look out for those Carol DeQuilio note cards, because those... (laughs) Those wildlife photos that she does. Are I've got one of burrowing owls on my fridge mm. right now. <laughs> and so, let's see what. It, tell us a little bit to. So your mission this it's this land site that's open to the public, but you also have a lot of educational mm-hmm. activities uh, planned through the year. So what's kind of an overview of, of of that kind of work that you guys do? Well, our our mission. Our, the most important part of our mission is to educate people about the natural world, but also specifically about the Chihuahuan Desert region. And so by making education our important feature there, 
we have uh, educational programs for school-age children right. uh, during throughout the year. But right now, in the school year, we offer free programs for students in the Region 18 region, which is um, in Texas, the schools are divided up into different regions. And so ours is a pretty large area that covers down to Big Bend and over to Midland area. So you have a lot of class groups. We have a lot of class groups. They're a lot, very fun educational programs. We, we structure them to tie in very directly to what teachers are teaching at that grade, grade level. And we make sure that it's something that enhances what, what they're teaching that they can't do in their own classroom. So right now we have fifth grade um, Earth Rocks. It's coming up in October. I was, I was, that was in my mind, and I was thinking that another thing to point out on the outside of the visitor center is that geology exhibit. Mm -hmm. You've got those samples of different kinds of rock and rock when it came, showed up. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a rock timeline. It starts, I believe that one starts at 2.3 billion years old of the rock ages, then it goes around to more current. We have a really great exhibit inside that ties into that also. But um, for Earth Rocks, that's fifth grade, and we're taking, uh, we're getting schools signed up right now for that. So I'm, we're, it, it's a fun program. Then in November, we'll do Herp Day, uh -huh. and that's for herpetology, being herp lizards, lizards Ooh. and amphibians. And, and with that one, we get a lot of help from the biology department at Cell Ross. The students in the biology club, club come out and help us with that program. And then in the spring, we do Bugs, Bugs, Bugs Day. And uh, the, I think the favorite part for the kids, we also get help from the biology department on that one. But I cook um, chocolate-covered uh, crickets and um, um, crispy mealworms. Oh, okay. And so they like those. They like to go to the bug tasting right, station. I bet. Most of them actually eat it? They do. Wow. They do, and they learn about the, the po world's population that depends on eating insects as a source of protein. And they learned the word entomophagy. And uh, it's, it's really where it came from and so on. These are second and third graders. They're really cute. And uh, it's fun when they bring their parents back saying, yes, this is the place where we ate the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know? then we, have, we have another program for first graders. And then in the summer, we have critter camp for pre-K and kinder. Gotcha. And for... For visitors, is there anything that they might consider as they're planning their trip that they could sign up for through the year? Or Because most of the things we're talking about are through the schools. Those, yes. Well, those are, um, we do have programs. Are you mean, do you mean for them to volunteer and to help at or to be uh, well, a, that's a, a whole, participant? That's a whole other okay, opportunity. For them to be a participant, yeah. we have other programs through the year that they can uh, they can come to and participate in, like the Conant Lecture and uh, the Roger Conant Distinguished Guest Lecturer uh, program. And that's at, we have it October 13th. Lewis Harvison's going to be our guest speaker this year. The director of the Borderlands Research Institute. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we've been trying to get Lewis for two years and he was scheduled for April of 2020, and every time we kept scheduling, COVID would flare up again. It was like, right. no, we have to cancel. So this time it's on for sure. And it, it, that'll be at the Crowley Theater in Marfa uh -huh. at 7 p.m. on the 13th. That's free. All of our programs are free, and uh, we're we're really uh, we have some generous donors. A lot of people that come to our fundraiser that donate so that we can do all of our programs for the adults and also for the students for free. Excellent. And uh, let's see, one other 
couple other things that crossed my mind uh, in terms of things that people can see anytime that we haven't mentioned yet. And one is the mining, mining exhibit yep. that uh, Joe Mussey put together over many, many years. And, uh, and that is, it's, it's a fictional mine that, uh, that he, he, he based it on a real one. But then, but he said, if, if this were a real mine, that this is how it would work. And this is what they would be mining. And, mm-hmm. and, and he really put so much heart and soul into that. He has, and it would be called the Happy Jack Mine. That's right. We have a lot of visitors who come in and ask us, what did you mine there? Where, I was telling, I want to know where the gold is buried out there. I'm sure it's somewhere. But um, it, it's a, an exhibit that talks about all the different mining in the region. It's surprising how much mining yeah. has taken place in this entire Big Bend region. There's a big map of the Chihuahuan Desert where he, he pinpointed every mine mm-hmm. of, of the historically that had, I, I'm sure, probably one somewhere that snuck in that's not on the map. But it's extensive. There's a lot of mines on that map. But he and Joe and his wife Joyce come there almost every week to work on something at the, to fix it up, yeah. to spruce it up. And uh, they, they're they out there visiting with our visitors, you know, with the visitors and telling them about oh, yeah. mining stories. So, yeah, if the musties are there when you when you arrive, be sure to get a tour from Joe because yeah. he has so much love for that exhibit and that subject. And it's infectious for sure. Um, and the other thing that crossed my mind is uh, the hikes that we were talking about. There's it's not just into the canyon because there's also two other loops that go around a couple of, uh, let's call them small mountains, uh, or, or hilltops. Hill, there Hills. You go. Uh, two hilltops. And one of them at the very top at Clayton's Overlook has a geology, another kind of geology exhibit. Around the visitor center, we've got samples of mm-hmm. the different kinds of stones. But up on the top, and I know you just refurbished the sign panels, you can look all. 360 degrees, I believe, or yes. real close to it. Yes. Uh, and you've got an image of the landscape that you're looking at on a panel right in front of you, and it tells you how is that those mountains made, and when, and what are they made of. It's really a mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot of labor that went into that. It's a lot of labor. It's it's you get some really great graphics with it. It's like a cutaway of the mountain you're looking at, and then you look at the real example, get the real example on the horizon. It leaves you with an understanding of what's inside mountains. And yeah. Next time you see a mountain that you're walking by or climbing on it, you kind of wonder about, there's there's more inside that, you know, what's inside that mountain. Yeah. So how would you rate that walk, hike? To, oh, and difficulty. That? Yes. That's another okay. thing to consider, yeah. yeah. What we have, um, our rating system that we've come up with, is with a scale of one to five is five being the most difficult. We would say that Modesta Canyon is about a 4 or 4.5 difficulty. Mm -hmm. Just because that one section where you go down, you're going down in a quarter mile, you're going down 200 feet, so it's a steep grade. And the steps are not... Well, they're they're natural stone steps. They were naturally there, and so they're irregularly placed, and it's really single file. There's a drop-off on the side. They're not handrails, so you've got to be super careful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if you have any knee, hip, or back problems, I always tell our visitors when I see them to know their own limitations. Yeah. You know, if they go, even if they decide to do that hike, if they get 
on the way down there and say, this is difficult, turn around and yeah. go back. <laughs> no shame yeah, there's, in, in not hurting yourself. <laughs> exactly. And when you go down 200 feet, you've got to come back up 200 feet to the surface. So down in the canyon, you know, there's a gorgeous Texas Madrone tree there that a lot of people yeah. claim is the biggest they've ever seen. We mm -hmm. haven't really had it measured to verify that. But it's down there and the pool, the little pond, and the, the year-round spring. But when you come out of the canyon, you go straight up a switchback trail to mm -hmm. get up to the top. And that's another 200 feet back up. Yeah, so. and, yeah and you're walking along... Uh, like a, almost a shale, like I this call it really, a shelf ledge. yeah, really fine uh, sediment mm -hmm. stone. That's it's turned up, so it it feels more precarious than it is, I think. But it feels a little precarious. Yeah. So, so the geology the stuff is all the way up. It's throughout the whole the right. height. The, okay. Yeah. The, um, that's not the only way to get to the geology. That's just the Modesto. That's Canyon. Modesto Canyon. Yeah. So that trail, we just got off on that talking about the difficulty yeah, on back to the difficulty of the Clayton's Overlook. Yeah. We call that about a three or three point okay. five. Mm -hmm. You got it's, some climbing. You go or some elevation gain. You got two hundred and twenty yeah. feet, but it it the trail goes diagonally around that hill, mm -hmm. and so it's a gentler incline. Yeah. And there are some places though that it's a pretty big reach, probably from one step up to the next can be 12 to 14 inches. Mm. So, you know, you really have to be, we, we recommend walking sticks or hiking poles and uh, good shoes. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be hiking boots, but something good. Um, I discourage people when they show up in flip flops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you can't yeah. do Maybe that. Maybe go into <laughs> botanical garden. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. yes. You definitely still have a good time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we have an outer loop that I almost forgot to tell you about. You yeah. can connect all the trails and uh, then you, it's the outer loop. It has the quarry mm -hmm. that you have a view of and that's rhyolite rock. That's uh, some really beautiful rock formations. People often see the Audad down there. They get excited over, yeah. the, over that. They're striking they, animals. Heard. Aggressively invasive, but <laughs> But still they're pretty. beautiful. And they live there. Yeah. They do live there, yes. They live there now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think that we've done a pretty good job of giving people the overall picture. Yeah. I want to thank you, Lisa, for coming and sharing with us about the Nature Center. Uh, thank you. I it's wanna, been fun. Yeah, I want to point people as well to your website, cdri.org. That's a Chihuahuan Desert Research Institute, which is the parent organization of the Nature Center. And thanks again, Heather, for coming back. We'll talk to you again soon and thank all of you for listening to us every other week. And for those of you who are hearing us for the first time, you can get more information about the show at visitalpinetx.com slash podcast or search for Heart of the Big Ben on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other podcast apps. And for those of you listening on KVLF and KALP and Alpine, we'll be back with you in two Fridays. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to The Heart of the Big Bend. Hope you liked what you heard and that you'll find the time to experience all that the Big Bend has to offer. See you soon, partner.